Okay. Hi, guys. Um, oh, it's so hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's rewind that back. Hello, everybody. It's your baby daddy, Dom. And this is Peach Tea Podcast. Ta-da! Um, yeah, so as you may have noticed by that, um, your best friend, Trayvoris, is not here with me. And I don't do all the theatrics, so you're just going to get the Peach Tea Podcast. Um, but, however, he did um, send me something to read to you all um, so that you know why he is not with me today. Um, It says, first off, let me start by saying thank you. Thank you for all your support, and thank you for listening every week to the Peach Tea Podcast. Your love and support never go unnoticed. After much thought and consideration, I think it's best for me to take a moment and get myself together. In order to give you guys great content, laughs, real-life conversation, and nonstop petty-slash-shady behavior, I need to be in a better space mentally and emotionally. Um, He says, also... Um, If I may be honest, these past few weeks have been a bit difficult for me and have caused me to lose motivation and excitement for life. Um, He says mental health is very important and he thinks it's best that he takes a moment to take care of himself, which I totally agree. So um, he's saying that, you know, of course, the show is not ending. He's just stepping away um, for a minute to take care of himself. So with that being said, we just all want to wish Trayvoris a speedy recovery of self-discovery so yes but thank you all for um for your support and on to the show so because i am here and there's no trevoris i was like what am i gonna do what am i gonna do i've been stressing about this for like two weeks i was like well maybe i just won't do anything until he comes back but then i was like people might forget about us so i thought why don't i just have like a rotating thing of guests um, give you guys some new voices to listen to. So today, um, ironically, would it be ironically? Ironically, sure. maybe. Um, I have my boo, my bae. Hey, bae. <laughs> um, my fiance. Um, I guess you don't have a nickname, huh? AJ? Hey, it's AJ. Hey, it's AJ. Yeah. That's, so uh, yes. Yeah, I don't have a you don't have a yeah. So hey, I it's AJ. Like, uh, like Kirk Franklin. It's your boy. It's your <laughs> nephew. It's your, your uncle. uncle. <laughs> so yes. Um. So he's with me today. Um. But today is also our. Do you know what today is? It's our anniversary. Yes, it is our anniversary. Yeah, that's, that's the best singing I I can give. Yes. So. I appreciate your vocals. Thanks. I mm. try. <laughs> yes, you tried. Beyonce, I'm coming to the studio, girl. <laughs> be ready. Okay, so she could be like, I mean, we could send your bag. <laughs> <laughs> she be like, you know what? That was nice. Um, but I'm gonna take over from here. Um, your flight is waiting for you. Yeah. And then I'll be listening for my part, and I won't show up. I'll be devastated. I mean, it might be in the back, back, background. Back, 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 background. You know, a little auto tune on it and put it in the back, so you can have those like iconic Destiny Child harmonies. I just need the check. She gonna blend you in. <laughs> I just need the check. That's all. Right. Um. So yes. So Ashton is here with me to co-host this thing. I'm so excited. So yes. So I don't know if you know the format, but first we start talking about our weeks. 
So how yes. was your week? Um, my week was actually pretty good. It started with a friend's trip to Myrtle Beach. Oh yes, last weekend, uh-huh. me and some friends we went out and just watched every uh, Beyonce video known to man. <laughs> we went out to the beach and uh, we rode some rides. And some rides. Yeah, they got rides in Myrtle Beach. Like if you go like down the strip thing, they have like a little. Um, well, they have like one that's kind of kitty with like a little mini Ferris wheel and a little mini like okay. roller coaster. But then they also have like these like extreme rides. Because we didn't get to go to that for your no, birthday. No, we didn't. Okay. Because the weather was kind of nasty. Oh yeah, it was kind of chilly. But it was actually really cool. Like it was really like the rides were really fun. Um, so we did that, and so I had like a whole weekend of nothing work related, mm. and just. Quality time with friends, which is really good. So they kind of set my week up for success. Um, but as soon as I got back, <laughs> okay, <laughs> the emails and the and the phone calls and all of that. Like um, in those shows when uh, the the assistant is sitting at the desk and they'd be like, yeah, they sit that stack down. Literally, that's that was literally what happened. But um, but it was very productive. We got a lot of work done. Um, got back. On the planes. I'm a flight attendant, for those who don't know. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, so this uh, this season of uh, this time of year mm-hmm. is like kind of new hire season. So like everybody's like graduating from flight attendant training. Yes. So you I have a this. lot of flight attendants. It's like their first, their first trip or like this is my my third day or whatever. <laughs> um, so that can be a little stressful because they want to do everything. Right, 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 right. Because, you know, in training, they teach you, like, everything that you're supposed to do, but you don't have to do it alone. And right. you don't know what you're doing, so you're really just being in the way. So there's there was a lot of, no, just sit down. I got it. <laughs> Baby, let me show you how Let me that. just, you know. <laughs> no, go no, ahead go- and say <laughs> Y'all can go home. I'm here now. No, no, no. no. Go on and stay. We're going to need a few extras in the video. (laughs) (laughs) Baps is on Netflix. I know. I've been watching it little by little um, on my break. I've watched it about three or four times since it's been on Netflix. So that was, I mean, that was pretty much my week. It was pretty chill but productive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my week. My week is just a blur. Okay, so to start off my week. I was in North Carolina. Yes. Because my baby cousin graduated from my, is it alma mater? Mater? How do you say that? Alma mater? I don't know. That Some word. people say alma mater, which sounds weird to me, but I think it's She alma graduated mater. from school I graduated from. <laughs> we went to the same school. We went to the same school, girl. <laughs> um, so, yes. The illustrious Winston-Salem State <laughs> University. <laughs> The home of the mighty Rams, <laughs> but um, yes. So she graduated, and I was. It was. It was great. The speaker was very cuckoo weird. She uh. was cuckoo cuckoo. Um, she's one of those um people that you don't exactly know what their job is, mm. but they're just like supposed to be that one of those like electrifying people to like motivate and uh, you know, uh-huh. which is fine. You know, those people have their, their space and their yeah, place. but not for a commencement, though. I mean, she could have been great if... But to me, it seemed like she did not plan her speech very well. Mm. So it just seemed like she was winging it. Was like, it one of those, like, 
girl, our original speaker. Well, okay. <laughs> this, this is, no, I, no, she was the original speaker because uh, my cousin was like, when they, like, when they were having graduation rehearsal, when they told them who was coming to speak, she Googled the lady. Uh-huh. Um, so she was like, I really didn't know what to expect. But, um, yeah, she just, I don't, I don't know. So, okay, let me tell you what she did. First, when she got up there, this is how I knew it was, it was going to go downhill. As soon as she got up to the mic, mm-hmm. she turned back to the chancellor. She was like, dinner was so bomb last night. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, so I see where this is about to go. She not wow. thinking, she not taking this as a formal thing. She, she trying to make this like, I'm a cool mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um. Dinner was so bomb last night. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. Then, okay, so she's the graduation speaker, which, you know, sometimes they come with, with a cap and gown on, but some people right. just come like. You know, in nice, nice dress dress or whatever. So she had on the cap and gown. However, comma. big comma, she had this like afro weave that was like uh, big, okay. like Angie Stone big. Uh-huh. That's literally what I was just thinking. Yeah, with like <laughs> with like brown roots, but then the rest of it was blonde. Oh, <laughs> I mean, she light skinned, so I mean, it, whatever. Okay. But you know, it was like big and blonde. But then she had that little graduation cap trying to sit on it. <laughs> so you know how like people with afros do the part that that kind of side uh, part, so they're like, yeah. the, you know, one side of the afro is kind of like bigger than the other. So she had like the cap kind of sitting like, in, there. in there. I guess or? so because whenever she was moving, it it wasn't it falling out. Or? It wouldn't oh. or fall out. So she had that. So. As she was speaking, I bet she was in the, in the bathroom like, oh, "I'm gonna kill him." I'm with gonna this. kill him with this. Okay, <laughs> so she started speaking, and then she got to a portion in her in her speech, hard air quotes, wow. where it was like a she wanted us to do a call and response thing. So she's like, "When I say whatever, whatever, you say something, something, something." Uh-huh. But it was like real like this is for like third graders. Did she think she was at like the pep rally or I that you know what? <laughs> that is exactly what it felt like. Like a high school pep rally. Wow. And then the thing was, like you could tell so you know, it, the graduation's in the Coliseum and everything. So you could tell that it was not going over well because mm-hmm. the camera people that were on the floor with the graduates, like whenever they would pan around, because you know it was on the jumbotron. Oh yeah, so you could see their faces. Like they were texting, and like <coughs> some of them was looking like, "Girl, it was one girl. I don't know if she just had to go to the bathroom or if she was like, I'm over this shit.' But she had her, she got her purse and she like walked out of the stadium." Oh no! Yeah, so I don't know if she just went to the bathroom or if she was like, you know what, I'm about to go somewhere until this is over, oh, until they start calling horrible. people names. Yeah, then like people in the audience that was like around me, they was like, where the hell they find this lady? Because <laughs> on one of the things, on one of the things, on one of the chants, she was like, say go, go, go. Uh uh-uh. uh. So the people behind me was like, she need to go, go, go. <laughs> so like it was just, it was just a train wreck of a mess. And so did it's like. You know how, like, when somebody's speaking and you think, oh, okay, this is where she's about to stop at? No. Like, it was, like, three different areas where I was like, okay, she's about to wrap this on up. We we out of here. Home stretch. And she kept going. And she kept going. Did like, she not pick up on the fact that, like, the crowd wasn't really... No, because, you know, you're going to have some people in the crowd that just think she's just phenomenal. So they, they right. were participating with her. 
So I think that just really that, and, and that kept that pushed her to keep on moving. And then at one point in time, so the governor was there mm-hmm. or whatever, or like the governor of like North Carolina schools, oh, something like, like yeah, of the yeah, collegiate yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, you know how that people sit behind. Uh-huh. So like when they were like, like you know how like the cameras on her. But then, like, you can kind of see people behind. Right. Like, when I tell you he was, like, dozing, <laughs> I was like, oh, baby, this thing is... Just nodding off. Just all the way around gone. Oh, no. So, anyways. So, that was that. Gradu- but the overall graduation was great because I just mm-hmm. love, like, the whole black experience of it all. Because, you yeah. know, your fraternity people and your sororities, right. when they get their little diploma, they right. just re- so excited and they want to, like, party hop across the stage right. and... And you know the church, the church folks. <laughs> okay, you got, got one little girl shot. that's gonna shout her way across. Uh-huh. So you know, it was it was cute. It was really really cute. Um, and I think the the chancellor that's there now, I think he's retiring. Uh-huh. But I also think he might be a kappa. Um, oh, because okay. like when when the kappas like did their little stuff across stage, like they all like dapped him up and like one of the guys like just gave him a big old hug and scooped him off his oh. feet. So, I mean, I guess he's been a good chancellor. I haven't really kept up with my school that much. Like, I really probably should have. But I guess he's been, like, a really good chancellor for the school because, like, mm-hmm. all the students seem to, like, really... You know what I'm saying? When they were getting their diploma, they really, like, dapped him up and, like, really mm-hmm. hugged him. And, like, they were, like, really, I guess, excited about graduation. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, that's a great thing. Um, so, yeah, so after graduation, we went to this, um, this like, restaurant called Cow, I guess. Because it was K-A-W. I mean, K-A-U. Okay. So the, but, but the the logo was like a, a bull because it had like horns. Or uh, so I think it was pronounced cow. Okay. okay. But um, everything there is like fresh. So like uh-huh. they have like a butcher shop in the actual restaurant. Oh, so restaurant. it's like you're eating cow. Yeah. Literally. So like when you order your burger, like. Ain't no processed food. Baby. Ain't no processed food. Like the butcher over there grinding up your meat right now. Let and then they go back to make that it. part of the cow. <laughs> right, right. But you can also go over to the butcher shop and like actually buy your own meat and buy wine oh, and stuff like dope. that over there. Yeah, it was like really, it was a really dope restaurant. Um, I had this burger that had, um, they had a collard green dip. So you know how people have like a spinach mm, artichoke uh-huh, dip. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it was like that, but it was made with collard greens. Oh. But they put it on the burger, so you can get the oh. collard green dip as like an appetizer. But oh, whatever burger I got had the collard green dip on the burger. I when I tell you, it was so good. Everybody was taking some go boxes. I had nothing. I had nothing left. There's nothing. There's nothing. Nothing left. Wow. Nothing. Sis. That actually sounds so. Yeah, amazing. but it was it was really really good. It's in um, the restaurant's in Greensboro. So like, if we ever go back, I could we could take yes, it. We could take it. Um, so yeah, so that was good. Um, but the, then you know, came back home mm-hmm. to the grind, basically the same right. as yours right, right, to right, the right, grind. Right. Um, but my week's been pretty good, productive. Um, I haven't had any like crazy things happen at work you know normally I have like somebody I gotta cuss out or like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some random white lady that's just entitled entitled and overstepping her bounds and trying to use her privilege and I gotta pump, and she also wants to touch your hair and I gotta pump her brakes right <laughs> listen sis I'm not the one so but that that didn't happen this week so that's good so that I did good. miss one major highlight of my week uh-huh. which I don't know how I missed this um I got to see my dad which oh, was yeah. really really great yeah. um so he was um you might need to explain that so yeah. people can be like okay you saw your dad <laughs> yeah so okay so i did not grow up with my dad um he did not come into my life until i was 25 and now i am not 25 anymore <laughs> um, right and um 
But since then, like, he has been just, like, a very... Super very, dad. <laughs> central figure to my life. Right. Um, a source of a lot of wisdom, and I definitely learned a lot about why I do a lot of the things that I do and think the way I think. Um, so, yeah, he's, like, a superhero to me now. Um, but anyway, I was at the airport in between flights, and he happened to be flying um, to Little Rock, where he's from, from Houston, but he had to stop through in Atlanta because everyone has to stop through Atlanta. Okay, connect this flight. Um, so, and it just so happened that his time in between flights and my time in between flights matched up. And oh. uh, the gate that his flight was leaving out of happened to be directly above the flight attendant lounge where I was hanging out at between flights. Oh, wow. So, I literally just got on the elevator, went up, and he, he was, was there. right there. And so, we got to catch That's up. like one of those movie moments. I know. It was so great. It was really, really great. And um, so, and he was happy to see me. And he's been um, having a few health challenges here recently. Yes. So, we've been really trying to maximize on every moment that we get to see each right. other. So that was really, really good and he looked he looked amazing. We took a picture and everyone loved it. Um so yeah, that was actually the highlight of my week. Shout out to Pops. And I told him about our wedding and he was very excited about it and he said Oh my he was god. Coming. Yes, so, yeah. Because I got to see my grandmother, and I told her about the wedding, and she's like all excited. Yeah, so because you know she weird. has many friends in the gay community. In the gay community. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know, my grandmother, um, my dad's mother. Now my mom's mom, we ain't really talked about all of that because she just yeah, super so. sanctified and saved. Yeah. Um, and but we still love her. We still love her. We still love her. Love her down. Um, but my dad's mom. She definitely, when I was in college, she came to my house and was like, so are you a homosexual? And I was just <laughs> yes, like, yeah. right. So from then on, she just been very like trying to read up on stuff and like she mm-hmm. be sending me stuff. So now she just, ha- she has gay friends now. So like, yes. so that's why she was like the gay community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as she don't say lifestyle, I'm I'm okay right. with it. Alternative lifestyle. Okay, girl, because <laughs> this is not a choice. So yeah, but weeks have been been pretty good. So I'm I'm thankful for that little tid bittery. Um, I will say this. So moving on to celebrity. The tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mmm, very delicious. Hold on. Trevoris did uh, actually send some celebrity uh, things in his Shout absence. Okay, so he's he's still trying to you know make sure things rock and roll. So I'm gonna read these four that he sent me. Okay, <laughs> um, people know how this goes. Um, and they all. Three of them are celebrity stuff, but one of them is not. So that's okay. cool. Uh, first one says, um, <laughs> I can't even believe this is a thing, but it says Lamar Odom reveals he used a giant rubber black cock to pass a drug test for the 2004 Olympics. Wait, wait. that's the headline. <laughs> that is, I mean, I can't make this he up. Used a giant rubber, rubber black, black cock, cock to pass a drug test for the 2004 Olympics. Um, 
used it. <coughs> okay, so I, this, this is what it says. Yeah, help me understand. Like, okay. So it says, Lamar Odom is spilling all his personal tea in a new memoir, including how he cheated a drug test to play in the 2004 Olympics. Um... So it says the NBA champion was offered a spot on the U.S. men's Olympics basketball team, which was one of the biggest honors in my career. That's what he wrote um, in his memoir, Darkness to Light. Mm. Um, But he also writes the joy of being named to the 12 man roster quickly turned to anxiety when Olympic officials informed me that I would have to pass a drug test before officially joining the team. Because, you know, he's had issues with, you know, yeah, Uh the little the powders and things or whatever. The white girl. The white girl. Tina. Um, but anyways, so he said at the time, um, he was doing, he was using drugs and knew that he wouldn't pass the test, um, which would disqualify him from complete competing in the Olympics in Athens, Greece. So he was, uh, living in Los Angeles and he got a call from the basketball people saying that they were coming to his house to administer the test in a few days, blah, 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 blah. So he knew that he wasn't going to pass. So he got into a panic so he started Googling, like, fake penises or whatever, whatever. And so he had, like, a fake penis, like, next day shipped to him. So... Like a dildo? Yeah. So it says, when the official tester arrived at Odom's home to administer the test, the NBA champion was prepared, recruiting his drug-free trainer to urinate into the the fake penis uh. or whatever... And he hid it in his pants. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, he the trainer handed him the rubber penis and then left the bathroom. And then he strapped it on to make it seem like he was peeing. So, the pee wasn't his. So, so he was able to, like... So, I guess... Through the... So, what... Okay, so I think what happened was... I think the... Him and the trainer met up before the test. Right. So he strapped on the fake thing then. Uh-huh. So when he went to go to the drug, the pee thing, he pulled it through his pants so that the people, when they're watching him, it looks like he's pulling his penis out to pee. And he and he lets it out through the through the fake fake penis. Penis. Wow. So it's his trainer's pee coming through the fake Listen, penis that's you, strapped on him. That is some crafty shit. That is some dedication. <laughs> like, you but I mean. Really- I kind of get it because, I mean, you want to play in the Olympics so bad. Like, that's a big prestigious thing. Um, you just got to pass the test, which he knew, obviously, he wasn't going to be able to do. Right. That is... Wow. Yeah. And he was paranoid that it wasn't going to work. Um, but, yeah, but it did. And he got to play, so... Well, there's that. Listen, they make it in your size when you got the coin. That headline, though. Giant, giant rubber black cock. I hate it. Okay. (laughs) So moving on. Next piece of celebrity. It says, uh, Will Smith and Queen Latifah to produce a hip-hop Romeo and Juliet story for Netflix. uh, I am excited about that. Yeah, I mean, because I like, you know, you know my favorite Romeo and Juliet is the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Because that one just, it just gets me every time. But this says, um, Romeo and Juliet is coming to Netflix with an urban spin. Will Smith and Queen Latifah are set to produce a hip-hop musical version of the Shakespeare classic. Uh, The film is described as a contemporary musical take on William Shakespeare's tragedy set against the urban rhythms of New York City. The love story follows a young waitress from the streets of Brooklyn and an aspiring musician from a wealthy family whose unconventional romances force them to confront their life choices. That should be good. Yeah. It sounds like a 
another version of like West Side Story. <coughs> oh, okay. So it says it's going to be produced um, under um, Queen Latifah's Flavor Unit Entertainment. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell you, Queen Latifah, stay getting money. And Will Smith is going to be acting as executive producer under his um, Overbrook Entertainment thing. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So that is so great. Um, oh, so Overbrook Entertainment is him, some guy named James Lasseter, and Khalib Pinkett, which I guess is Jada Pinkett related to ah, Jada. Okay. So, yeah, okay. so that's so great. Okay. Um, and then they got some guy, Sl- Solvin Slick Naim who is the um, director. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's done um, Snowfall for FX. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, so I said this could be either really good or really bad. Well, I feel like, especially with Will Smith here recently, it's gonna anything he puts out is either going to be really good or really bad. Right. But I feel like because he's... But I don't think he's acting in it. it. Yeah, so, yeah, so well, it should be good. Yeah. It should be good. And I just feel like with him and Queen Latifah, like, they... Just seeing their work ethic and, like, the things that they put, they've put, they attached their name to... Yeah. I just don't think that this is going to be something that's going to be, like, half-assed. No, I don't think so either. And, and I don't think... Netflix thing, so... Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be one of those, like... Carmen a hip hop bro. Carmen a hip hop bro. Okay, black black activity, uh, something or another. No, I think it'll be really good, and I'm excited to see it. So yeah, and I'm really happy for. Both so of them. shout out to Will and Miss Queen Latifah. They both have been able to have relatively scandal free careers. Okay, them, so. and I'm happy for it. Um, you probably heard this one. Um, the headline says, uh, "Pay me in equity." So it's talking about Beyonce. Um, mm. Uh, so she made millions from Uber. Did you hear about this? I saw I saw a post about it, but I didn't read in depth into it. So, yeah, because um, she got like stock options, right? Yes. So in 2015, she was offered six million to perform um, for a corporate Uber event in Las Vegas. So instead of taking the six million dollars in cash, she asked for like stock equity in Uber, that is so and that was in 2015, and that's like. Four years ago, and Uber is like yeah. super huge. Yeah. So it's which? Exploded. Yeah, she's probably like hundreds of millions of dollars. Hello, yeah, hella money. From this one performance. Yeah. So like, listen, I'm here for it. She is not only one of the greatest performers, <coughs> but, but she's, she's a great also, she's a great business lady. She is a businesswoman. Great businesswoman. Yeah. Like, she makes some really smart moves, and I think she has a really great team. Yeah, and I think it's due to like her team, but I also think it's due to like. You know how she grew up with her father because I mean he's not mm-hmm. he might not be the best man but he seemed to be a good businessman yeah for sure and, and then Jay Z is you know he has he had his own things before Beyonce so I just right. feel like right. she probably learned a lot along the way about different things from different people yeah. and then obviously she does she seems like a person that has her own like like this is what I want this is the vision I mm-hmm. see like mm-hmm. let me see who can help me make this happen mm-hmm. So yeah, and she's at a she's at a point now in her career to where whatever she wants, she can demand it, and it can be non negotiable. Like, right, or not? I mean, she might not even have to demand it. She could probably just ask. Yeah, like I mean, I'm Beyonce, and you want me to perform, so this is what I I'm this is what I'm asking for. Thanks. And I mean, I I mean, I mean, I'm and I'm pretty sure like Uber at that time probably thought like oh, she okay. don't want six million, but okay, you can have some of these stocks, girl. And here we are now. 
400 million dollars <laughs> right four billion dollars later <laughs> so yeah so shout out to beyonce <laughs> i'm glad i'm part of the hive i'm also ready to see what else she's coming out with on netflix listen more projects okay so. i need to see more of sir and Rumi. <coughs> oh my god i cannot do this i'm sorry him sick I'm not necessarily sick per se. I think it's just this weather that we've been having mm-hmm. is really fucking with my sinuses and yeah. this drainage that's happening in the back I of think my throat. Count was really hot today too. <sighs> Jesus. Okay, so next on this uh, ride of tea, get you a sip. Which I like this because it is uh, it is a black excellence thing. Mm-hmm. It says the headline says. 34 black women to graduate from West Point, largest in academy history. Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah. So 34 women are expected to graduate from West Point. Um, It will be the largest class of black women to graduate together in the military academy's history. The picture of them looks really dope, too. Because it's like all different shades of black women. Oh, that is so great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It says, last year, the school appointed Lieutenant General Daryl A. Williams as its first black superintendent. Um, In 2017, the Academy, for the first time, selected an African-American woman, Simone Askew, to serve at the top of the chain of command for cadets. Um, So that was good. Yeah, I I feel like I do remember that story. Yeah, so, um, and they were saying, like, back in the day, there were only 13 people in her class. Um... But yeah, so I think that's like super, super dope that like more women are, you know, getting into that field and being recognized and making it through. Yeah, because it's hard for women in the military in general and then to add your right. to it. So shout out to them for making it through. Um, it says West Point created it created its Office of Diversity in 2014 to try to attract, retain and promote a more diverse workforce. Um, according to his website, about 10% of undergraduate students are black and women make up about 20% of cadets, according to the school statistics. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's still not a lot of them, but, but still. it's pretty dope that they're like moving on, on up. That's remarkable. Yeah. So it says more than 950 cadets are expected to graduate from the military com- military academy and be commissioned as second lieutenants in the U.S. Army. So, yes. So shout out to Black Excellence. Congratulations, Thirty-four women. So I have something. The West Point thirty-four. Um, it's also not a celebrity, mm-hmm. but it is pretty notable. Um, and in a, in a vein of uh, black excellence. Um, so did you hear uh, what happened for the class of twenty nineteen at Morehouse College? What happened? So I'm about to <laughs> I'm like, tell you. I'm like, what happened? Um, so they had so their uh, commencement speaker, uh, Robert F. Smith, who's a billionaire. Um, he had already said that he was giving the school a 1.5 million dollar grant. Oh, okay. But what he also said during his commencement commencement speech is that he was paying off the uh, school the student loan debt for the entire graduating class of 2019. So everyone that graduated. Morehouse this year has their student loan debt completely paid for by this man, which is about $400 million worth of student loan debt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so I mean, honestly, though, (laughs) honestly, though, that is great to hear. 
I'm a little salty because it wasn't my debt, but <laughs> right. it is great to hear, though, because um, I was listening to one of my friends um, that I graduated <clears throat> with, Courtney. She has a podcast. Her and this other girl, Tiffany, they have a podcast. Um, I graduated both of them. Or I went to school with both of them. But she, they were talking about, like, student loans and stuff like that and how, you know, like, you go to school to get a degree in a field um, that you're, you know, passionate about. Or that you want to work in. You might not be, like, super passionate about, but mm-hmm. you get it in a field that, like, you know you want to be in. Right. And you rack up all this student loan debt, mainly, you know, black and brown people, because, mm-hmm. you know saying, we don't, we're not trust fund babies, and, right. you know saying, we're not legacy kids, or whatever, whatever. Or, you know saying, the scholarship information isn't always available or known about right. or talked about. Right. So, you know saying, all you know is, like, let me go to school Fill out this FAFSA and rack up these loans. But then you get out of school, you get a job, and the jobs aren't really, like, paying that much. Yep. And it's like, okay, I'm working in my field, I'm doing what I like to do, but I'm making enough money to, like, live. Barely survive. Like, I mean, I could pay my bills, and I might be able to go on a trip or two here or there. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying, I could hang out with my friends from time to time, like, do little, little extracurriculars. Right, go to the movies. But as far as... You know, paying an extra two to three hundred dollars a month to yeah. Sally Mae to pay down these student loans. Like a lot of people don't have that because they're not right. making hella money. Kind of money. And then a, a school like Morehouse is a private school, an elite private school. They're you know their student loans right. are like they paying like hella. ninety thousand dollars. Hella loan debt. Exactly. So it's like congratulations to them. So yeah. now like that's that's great because now it's like okay. These kids can go out here, start fresh, like mm-hmm. go out there in their field, make the money that they need to make, and possibly yeah. get back to their communities and do things. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really great. Yeah. Shout out to them. Kudos. <laughs> well, I guess we can move along because that is a that was a lot. That was a lot of a lot of stuff. Um. So today, 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 our topic. Um. Because I know Trey Mars doesn't like to talk about it. So <laughs> I figured while he's away, I could just, you know, do what I want to do and we could talk right. about it. I wanted to talk about, like, politics. My favorite subject. Or yes. One of my favorite subjects. And I talked about it on the show before, how, like, I appreciate the fact that we're different in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, you like politics. Because mm-hmm. I'm, like, dumb blonde when it comes to politics sometimes. So, like, I, I, told, I told people on the other show, like, I was like, you break it down for me to where I can understand. Like, mm-hmm. you'll watch CNN. I could be sitting there watching it right next to you and be like, what? You're talking about what they got on. Right. <laughs> I'll talk about what they got on, or I'll talk about, like, all, all kinds of things, but... Her nose is shaped funny. <laughs> right. Why they ain't comb her hair? They really gave her that wig. Why homegirl sitting like that? Like, I, I'm that person, so it's great that, <laughs> you know, you can listen to all of it and translate it for me. So, today, I figured, you know, why not have like a little Q&A. Okay. Frequently asked questions. FAQ. Um, yes, FAQ. <laughs> so, to start, I wanted to ask you, good sir, what are like what are some misconceptions that like that you've seen from people mm-hmm. like when you're discussing politics, like what are you, what are some of the misconceptions that you um, come across like people like verbalizing and you're like actually no um that their vote doesn't matter I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions 
um, from especially people in our generation, mm-hmm. is that well, why should I be involved? Or why should I be engaged? Because it doesn't matter anyway. They right. Do what they want. Um, but people get to do what they want because no one holds them accountable. Mm. And the way we hold people accountable is with our votes. So these people that are, you know, in these offices, that are making these decisions, they're doing so because no one is voting them out. And so they get to continue to do whatever they want to do. Look at these abortion bills that are going on in Alabama and Georgia and um, and you know I read up on that I I read up on that today because I was going to actually talk about that yeah. on the show um, <clears throat> I chose not to I decided not to because I was like I have other things and I didn't yeah. want it to get like too long yeah, we with, don't have like, to get gossipy. too deep with it but I mean it's like yeah. these, these bills are really basically taking all of the power from women to make a decision that they right. should be able to make on their own but they're able to do that because uh, the people who disagree with them aren't voting them out yeah. Um, so I think you know that's that's one big misconce- misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another one is that um, the president is the most powerful person, and like they make all the decisions and you that know, make um, all the rules. It's funny that you say that because one of the things that I did want to talk about was like what exactly? Because I, I mean, I know that I've had social studies classes. Yeah. And I know that there's like branches and all this other stuff and yeah. checks and balances. But I'm like, I don't remember all of that. And I'm like, yeah. what exactly is the president's power? So the president is really um, like the spokesperson for whatever political party they represent. So whether they're Democrat or Republican, they're like basically like the person that convinces their party or convinces America that this is the right thing to do. Right? Okay. So you have three branches of government. I'm going to try to make it real <coughs> simple. So you have the executive branch. That's where the president is. Mm-hmm. Then you have the legislative branch, which is Congress. Yes. And then you have the judicial Judiciary. branch, right? Yeah. Um, so um, the, legislat- the le- legislative branch, they make the rules. All of the laws, all of the, all the rules. They make the rules to the game. Okay. So how politics is played is decided by them. Right. Okay. The uh, president. Okay. So okay. So so I'm gonna stop you here. Uh huh. So in the legislative branch, like from you watching CNN, who are some of like the notable people that are in the legislative branch, like right now? Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Mitch McConnell, um, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? What's the, what about that lady? What's her name? Oh, AOC. They always just say like AOC or whatever her name. Oh is. yeah, um, the lady that be reading people. Is yeah, she part of it? She, yeah, she's she's part of the legislative branch. Okay. Um, what about Mama Maxine? Maxine Waters. Okay. Yeah. So the, the they're all congressmen, congresswomen. Okay. So they are the ones that make the rules. Okay. So they they create the laws. They create um, basically the playbook by which we're going to be governed. We're going to be governed. Okay. So they are the governing body. Okay. And the reason the reason for that is because we are a democracy. And right. So like we the people, quote unquote, are made up of um or they represent us the people. So right. we vote them in basically to be our representatives for what we want. Cuz they're supposed to listen to the needs to of the to, people. Exactly. Okay. Um so so they're the rule makers 
Okay. Okay. And then you have the president or the the executive branch. They are the rule enforcers. Okay. So their job is to implement the rules that the Congress has, has made. Okay. So they make the rules, and then the uh, president enforces the rules. So the FBI, um, the CIA... Like all of those agencies, the IRS, okay, um, all the age, all of those agencies, uh-huh. they're the ones that actually execute. That's what's called the executive branch. They execute the rules, uh, right? Oh my god, I'm learning so much. And then you have the ju- judicial branch, who decides. That's the Supreme Court people. The Supreme Ruth Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. 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 Huh? Yeah, I like her. Um, they decide. Okay, are y'all doing it right or not? Nah? Okay. And. They also uphold the Constitution, which is, like, the foundational, like, those are the, the eternal, the forever laws. Okay. Like, the laws that won't ever change, they are part of, they are part of the U.S. history, and they right. are never changing. But That's don't the Constitution the of, have, like, amendments? They have amendments. They okay. have Bill of Rights. Um, the Bill of Rights are, like, the first ten amendments. Yeah. And then, you, yeah, they have different, you know, amendments to, to change things, you know, as, <coughs> as time progresses. Right. So the Supreme Court... They they look at that document, the Constitution, and it is they decide. Okay, so are y'all playing by these rules or not? And if you're not playing by these rules, you gotta go back to the drawing board. You gotta figure something else out. Okay. Right. Okay. So they're like the refs. Uh, yeah, so the we're referee. playing a game. Yeah. So the the Congress is the committee that makes the rules for okay. how to play yeah. the game. Uh huh. And then the president, they are the players of the game. Uh huh. And then the judges are like the referees. Okay. Make sure the game is being played right and fair. And yes. good. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Because the other thing is the president gets to choose the referees. Right? Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, the president gets to choose. So that's why it's also important that you vote for a pres- the right president because... Ooh, okay, so when I was doing research for this episode, Mm -hmm. I came across an article that was saying, like, in the early years of, like, presidents, Mm -hmm. um, the way they used to, like, do campaigns and, Mm -hmm. like, whatever, whatever, it was a whole bunch of buffoonery. Yeah. Like, it was a whole bunch of, like, bribing people Mm -hmm. and, like, like, giving out free liquor on election day for people to vote for yep. you and like paying off like reporters to like do stories about other people and like I'm like oh my gosh so like it's funny that like now to me it's funny like now like when stuff like that comes out it's like oh my gosh I can't believe it's they did that of. but they've been doing it. it and it still goes on of course like but it's it's more um, finessed, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you know, people still get paid off to push Do out stuff. certain stories, yeah. and now with the news, you got like you know, far left, far right, um, con- like super conservative, super, super liberals, and yeah. And so, and these people are paid to push out certain stories and certain angles of stories and stuff like that. So it still happens. It's just in a more um, sophisticated way. Okay. So my next question is how should a person choose like a candidate to vote for? Um 
it's always important to do your research. So pretty much every candidate that's running for, hey, hon. That's that's funny. Um, my friend Courtney on their podcast, she always told me something. Do your Googles. No, it's it's really it's really important that you do your uh, do your research. Every person that's running for office has a website that has what their platform is, and you have to decide what's important to you. Oh, they do. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Especially like for the big for the big campaigns, because that's a, that's also where they get their money. So that was one of my other questions. Yeah. I was like, how do how how do they get money? How do politicians get money? Yeah, we'll get back. We'll get, we'll to, get to that. Okay. Put a pin there. But yeah, so on their website, it'll tell you what their platform is. And a lot of, most of the time, it's, they're going to talk about education, mm-hmm. health care. They're going to talk about, um, like, uh, uh, foreign policy, so how we interact with other countries. Yeah. They're going to talk about, um, like, whatever the local issues are, like, for your for your region. They're going to talk about... Um, Which, uh, I have something to say about that. But yeah, so they're going to talk about, like, all these different, you know, all these different things. They're going to talk about your money. They're going to talk about taxes, tax reform, whatever. Of course. Um, and they're going to talk about jobs and wages and all of that. So you can go and read all of what they, what what they, they stand, stand for. for. Okay. Um, so you should definitely start there. And you also have to kind of know what is important to you. Like, oh, true. Like, what... How much money are you making? Do you feel like you're making enough money? When you go to the doctor, what is your experience like? With healthcare with and healthcare? stuff, yeah. Um, <coughs> are, are you, do you live in a, in a city where, you know, terror threats are real? Right. Um, or do you feel safe when you're walking down the street in your community? Because all of those things are right. dictated by these people that you're voting for. And if they are saying what you need them to say in order for you to feel like your quality of life is going to be made better, then that's who you go for. But you really got to have to be aware of, like, what's going on in your day-to-day life. Because, I mean, I I have definitely heard people be like, oh, I'm not voting for him because he white, or I'm not voting for her her Mm -hmm. because she a woman, or I'm not Mm -hmm. voting for her because she black, or, you know what I'm saying? None of that stuff matters. And the news will hype all of that stuff up. In order to distract you from what the real issues are, right. these people literally are every day making decisions. Especially the Congress people. Remember, they're the rule maker, the rule makers. Right. So they're the ones that are deciding what happens when you go to the store. When you uh, like when you go to the store and you have to pay sales tax, those taxes are dictated by those rule makers. Mm. When you go to the hospital and you have to pay a certain premium or copay or whatever, right. those rules are decided by those those lawmakers. So you have to kind of look at all of these experiences and decide are they making the right decisions for me? Right. And if they are not, then you need to get rid of them and find some find a person who who who, is, who can who you can get behind. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay, so we put a pin in it, so let's get to it. Yes. So I was asking, like, how do they get money? Because I've I've heard, like, um, <clears throat> like I heard a little snippet of something where they were like, whoever the Republican candidate is, like, has, like, so many millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but then, like, all these Democrats are trying to run, and, like, collectively they only have, like, 16 million or so, or, like, the... Mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the Democrat with the most money only has like 16 million or something like that right. but like the Republican person has like 60 million or something. Right. So like where where are they getting this money? So there's so there's really like two kind of ways that you can fundraise 
and every candidate kind of does both. When you say that, I, I just thought about uh, like Kamala Harris out there doing a bake sale. <laughs> Vote for me. Can we get this fish plate soon. <laughs> buy, my, buy my brownies. They five dollars. Um, so they're small individual donations. So you, so like I can go and like donate personally to whatever don whatever candidate I believe in or whatever. Um, those are normally like ten dollar donations, twenty five dollar donations, right. hundred dollar donations, et cetera, and so forth. And there's like a limit on how much I don't re- remember what the exact number <coughs> is, but like there's a limit on how much an individual donor can give. Okay. And then you also have corporate, um, or you have what what they call PACs. Um, which are political action committees. Um, And so those are kind of Is that what Bernie Sanders was saying like last time when he was like, I don't have a super PAC and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are basically like groups of, uh, they're they're groups that galvanize like major donors. And those major donors um, put money into this fund and then that fund funds their campaign. Oh, okay. So that's where like the, the corporate donors and the corporate like the corporate donations. So like, from. so um, so question like, okay, so say I'm like the CEO of like Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So Pepsi, go ahead. I know. I'm just I'm a using person. But go ahead. Okay, but I'm saying like, say <laughs> no, you're the CEO say, of Pepsi. So like, I could like donate like some revenue to a candidate. Yeah, like a, a corporation can make a donation. To a candidate, there's rules on like how much and you know, that kind of thing. Uh, okay, but yeah, um, that happens. And um, then what does this and, money go to? But also, so what you're really paying for is is advertisement. Okay. Because you know all of those, like the commercials. And my the, name is Joe Biden. I approve this yeah, message. Yeah. Those are paid for by campaign funds. You're okay. also you're also paying for the staff, like the people that make the phone calls and they go knocking door to door and uh-huh. like all of that stuff. Okay. Um, for the billboards and the signs and the travel and all of that, like all of that okay. stuff costs and it comes from the campaign fund because they went, when a, especially for like a presidential election, yeah. they hire like full time staff yeah. in order to like fund all these things. So that's where, that's where the campaign money Wow, goes towards is to pay for all of that stuff. I wonder if anybody big big ticket item is campaign is uh, ads. I wonder if anybody in my life has like donated money to a a person. Me? Oh, you have? Yeah, I've donated. I donated to Hillary. I donated to Barack. Um, Barack Obama really changed the game for donations. He was the one to kind of really focus in on small donations from individual donors uh-huh. he is the first person to run during the social media boom like uh-huh. during the early years of facebook and stuff like that uh-huh. um and he really capitalized on people making 25 dollars donations and 50 dollars donations and 10 dollars donations um, oh, okay and and that proved to be effective so now you see more democratic donor uh democratic candidates appealing to like so that's why you get these personalized emails from like Michelle Obama right like, you know like hi <coughs> hi Dominic right but <laughs> you, know, you don't like, know me but and they're asking you for those small donations because if they send those out to tens of thousands of people and everybody thousand people, people give twenty five dollars you know what I'm saying like right it's a quick easy way to get right of money because some people would be like oh they just want twenty five dollars here you go see this and go about that day. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. Um, and I also donate to uh, the 
actual Democratic Party too. Oh, yeah. So the whole party has a website. Mm-hmm. Because yes, because the Democratic Party also pays for some of like all of the lo- the smaller campaigns and stuff like that. So well, okay. So okay. So then, okay. Say like right now we have like how many? Like it's like. 10 Democrats trying to run for president? There's 25, I think. Okay, cool, whatever. So, that's going to get narrowed down to one, eventually. Eventually, yes. So, when it gets narrowed down to that one, those other 20-something people, do they just take their money and put it behind that person? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh Um, I think they have to dissolve a, you know, it's just like a business, so that business kind of dissolves and they have to something with them. I don't know what I don't know if it goes to the party or I don't know uh, what, the, what what they do with the money. So then does the Democratic Party money go towards them? goes towards that person. Yes. Okay. Um because what happens is the president or the person running for president, remember I said their website has a platform. Right. So the Democratic Party as a whole party, they also have a platform. So everybody that's running for whatever office whether it's president, mayor, governor, state state representative, whatever, they all kind of run on a similar platform or a similar similar fundamentals, yeah, type of thing. Uh, of, okay, of those issues like basics, exactly. And so the Democratic Party finances candidates who are running on that platform. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my next question was about local elections and like yes. what like their importance or like what exactly yeah like what yeah so I would say that local elections are probably even more important than like the national elections like we we all like flock to the presidential election because it gets the most coverage right but your local elections are so so important those potholes that you complaining about uh, um, hell yeah those, the sales taxes that I was talking about earlier okay. um how much houses cost um like oh yeah like uh what is like, like the zoning, homeowners fees yeah, and stuff like that all of that stuff um like the school zoning and the quality of schools and all of that is dictated okay. by like local and state funds a lot of the um like criminal laws are really are state laws so as far as like keeping crime out of your communities and law enforcement and law enforcement practices and whether they have cameras on them and all of that kind of stuff right all those things are kind of dictated by the local and state local uh politicians so it's really really important that you because that's going to be the ones that directly affect you they directly affect your day-to-day Existence. existence yeah hmm. yeah so like it's really important and and it's important not only to watch what they're doing but stay in communication with them and it's easy to do so um because they have a smaller group of people that they're responsible for like the mayor is only responsible for your city they're right. not responsible for the whole country right so it's easy to reach their office and say this is something that I'm concerned about and if you get enough people in your neighborhood or in your community and that's so, why people do petitions and stuff exactly oh. exactly and they'll pay attention they'll pay attention to those things so so like petitions and rallies and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah. 
That's cute. Um, so what do you think are like the best ways that people can like get their voice heard or like their ideas and like their complaints and gripes? Like what what are some of the best ways to do um, so? Find out who is currently in office. Um, and you can go to any .gov, .gov website, um, you know, congress.gov, uh, whitehouse.gov, um, georgia.gov, whatever whatever state you're in, .gov. Right. And then you can see who your representatives are. Or you can go on Google and say, who are my representatives uh-huh. in Atlanta, Georgia? And then you can see, like... This is my mayor. These are my congresspeople. These are my senators. This right. is my governor. <clears throat> and reach out to them directly. Reach out to their office. They have a staff person. They have staff that is directly responsible. Like reading emails and stuff reading like that. emails. And the more you do that, um, the more they have to give an account for why they decided to go with what you're, what you're saying or not go with what you're saying. Um, so that's important. Also, um, being engaged in community events are really important because especially local politicians, they're going to go to those community events because they need your votes. And right. so you will have the opportunity to actually talk to them face to face. Like there's one state uh, state representative that I know here in Georgia, Park Cannon, who is um, she is amazing. She's the only or I, I think she is still the only queer person of color that's on the Georgia State Representatives. Um, and she will show up at, you know, at community events and she has a very strong social media presence. Right. Reach out to them on social media. You can tweet them. You can go on their Facebook. Hmm. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you can stay engaged with, with your local politicians. But it is important that you do because the more they hear from you, the more pressure they have to do what you're asking them to do. Okay, so um, my next question, what do you think are some things that people need to be, like, um, cautious of, like, when voting? Like, um, like the actual process of voting or yeah. like deciding, like, who to vote for? Well, no, because we talked about who, like, how you decide okay. the candidate you want to go for, but, like, when you're actually, like, going to vote, like, what are some things that you should probably try to avoid? Um, well, I would say be aware of what your state's laws are about identification and going to the polls. Oh, yeah, because I, um, um do you remember when we, when we had the early voting stuff here? Mm-hmm. I think there was a lady that tried to early vote. Mm-hmm. And because when I went to go vote, I guess she had to come, she was back again because mm-hmm. I think she's, she's like from Jamaica or something like that. Yeah. And I don't think she had, like, the right kind of identification or something like that. So then she had, like, go and come back. And I guess it was, like, a a thing. A lot of states now are, uh, especially, like, in the South and, like, in these conservative-ass states, they are requiring um, uh, official identification, like state-issued ID Uh or um, college ID or something like that. Um, so make, or like from a state college or whatever. Um, so make sure that you go on your state's secretary of state website 
So each state has a Secretary of State. And so it'd be like Georgia's Secretary of State website. Yeah, like okay. the Georgia Secretary of State website. And they are responsible for overseeing the election process. And okay. you can go on their website and you can um, find out exactly what documentation you may need, um, whatever whatever it is that you need to bring to the polls with you. Um, you can check your voter registration status online. Yeah, because, you know, I was scared because <clears throat> um, when we moved, I didn't know if we were still in the same. Right. Yeah. Like, if and, I, because I didn't know where I was going to go to vote. Right. Because I'm like, when, where we used to live, I'm like, I know where I vote for that, that place. Because, right. you know, I lived there right. for four years. So I'm like, right. I know where I was going to vote. But right. once we moved to this side of town, I'm like. Is do. it the same place? Can I go right. to the same place to vote, or do I have a different voting space? Like, which is why I normally do early voting because you can go to any of the early voting places uh, and they'll take your um, take your votes. Um, yeah, so I think the biggest thing is just don't take no for an answer um, because a lot of places they will try to turn you away, especially if they're trying to rig the votes. Oh my god, so, that whole debacle where like the people were trying to vote at that school but then the power went out yeah, or like the generators kind of stuff, or some you stuff. Know, it's just you you know, be vigilant, know what what your rights are as a voter, know what the rules are, um, and make sure that, you know, your vote is actually being counted. So a lot of you know, every state has a different voting process, but most of them are like Electronic with like a little chip card or whatever, something like that. Yeah. So you know, just verify that you're, you know, that you are selecting the right names, that you're selecting the right um, decisions, <coughs> yes or no, on different laws and things like that. Um, but I would say the the first step is to go to your your state's uh, secretary of state website and find out what the rules are for voting, what the requirements are. Um, so that if there is an issue or there is a discrepancy, once you get to your polling station, you're informed you, you about how to know. know. Yeah. You already know if they're yeah. trying to BS you or not. Um, what I love about the the neighborhoods that we've lived in, we, because we live in black neighborhoods, a lot of the polling places are monitored by black people. Um, yeah. Which to me yeah. is... it. it it makes me feel more confident, one, in my vote, but right. it also just fills me with a sense of pride, knowing that, like, my <coughs> whole community is involved in my whole voting process, yeah. You know, so. Did I tell you about that old lady that was trying to hit on me? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, so this past this past time voting, when I, um, I went to the little polls or whatever, and when I walked up to her, um, I handed her my ID, and she was like, oh... Yeah. And I was like, well, she was like, this is a nice picture. So I like smiled and she was like, oh, your smile, you have really pretty teeth. And she was just, like, just going on and on and on. And so then she said something about like what time she got off for the day. Or yes. whatever. And I was Meet like, me on okay, I'm like, listen, ma'am, you are like old enough to be like my auntie or like my <laughs> granny. Like, come on now. Listen, she said she but that was young me. Okay, some, some young tenderoni. That's cute. <laughs> Um, yeah, just just make sure you know what the rules are before before you go vote. So, I mean, this is like it's related, but it's like kind of going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote this question down, but it's um, do you think that prisoners should be given the right to vote? Absolutely. Like people that are currently in prison, or like just people that are out of prison. Yeah, because they. So here's the thing. 
the rules are they are still subject to the rules they right. are still subject to the rules that are being made about their lives even um, if they're in prison even if they're in prison and yes granted people <coughs> you know some people are in prison for doing some some horrible things but they're still human and they should still have rights um and so i do think so you don't think so you don't think that um depending on the crime should depend on like their right to vote like if somebody's in jail for like oh i i had like an ounce of weed or somebody's in jail for being a serial killer like do you think like yeah i mean i don't know I think there may be there may need to be some kind of like competency like kind of screening something yeah. like that because okay if there's some if there's some like like when maniac um, that's in prison or you know something like that yeah like when cops get hurt on the job or something they have to go through like therapy to figure out if they're really ready to be back on the force or something yeah like I mean perhaps that could that could be a thing um, I think what is something that is immediately possible because I don't think that prisoners will get to a point of being able to vote at any point soon but I do think that ex-convicts ex-convicts should be able to vote as soon as they are released, released. like day one yeah um, because te- so technically according to the 13th amendment people who are in prison are slaves yeah, so, basically. You know, the 13th yeah. Amendment is the amendment that abolished slavery. Um, and it says that, you know, a, a person cannot be held um, as a slave unless as punishment for a crime. Right. And so these people who are in prison are, even though we don't call them that, they are slaves. And they are doing yeah. they are doing work as, you know. I told you about when I went to that uh, prison that time when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. So I was in this summer program at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Um, it, at A&T. Yeah, <laughs> at a But um, no, I was in this summer program. It was like a, um, it was a transportation kind of program. So uh-huh. like we learned about like logistics and all sorts of stuff because they were trying to get people interested in, interested in that field. Right. So I went to the um, program and they took us to a prison. Mm. And so the day before the field trip, they were telling us like, don't wear they were telling all the girls like don't wear tight clothes like wear things that are kind of like loose fitting Mm -hmm. um don't show like too much skin or whatever because like you're going into a jail with like men that have been locked up for a while Mm -hmm. and we're all like 11th and 12th grade wow so you know what i'm saying like they see fresh meat basically um but anyways when we got there um it was a prison i think in raleigh Mm -hmm. north carolina um but they were making the inmates were making the roadway signs yeah so like the ones that say like exit four and whatever and like this way to whatever like mm-hmm. all those like the green the big green signs yeah. or like the ones that um like all the little road signs that like deer crossing and stuff like that like they were making those yeah. signs yeah yeah and i mean like prisoners make stuff that we use on a day-to-day basis like cell phone um components um, clothes that we, some of the clothes that we wear. Yeah. Um, for a long while, um, Whole Foods had uh, prisoners uh, working in the fields. Oh wow! They don't, they don't anymore. I didn't know that. They don't anymore. Um, but 
literally, there's there's nothing that we. Because I mean, I know they be on the side of the highway picking up trash. But... Yeah, no, no, no. Like literally, <coughs> every piece of like every every aspect of our lives, there is some prisoner somewhere that is doing something, something related to related it. To yeah, it. Um, really good documentary to watch on Netflix. It's called Thirteenth. Yeah, I watched um, that. And it talks a lot about how the the prisons um, use prisoners to basically fund America. America. Um, so saying all that to say that they they are technically, according to our constitution, they are slaves. So they don't um, have rights. So they don't they don't really have rights while they're in um, prison. But once they prison, get out, once they get out, they are no longer they are no longer enslaved. bound to that that principle. And, yeah, um, and I and I really do. I, first of all, I think the concept of them doing that kind of work in the prisons is horrible. But once they get out, or they should definitely be given the same rights as every U.S. citizen yeah. to be able to, to speak, speak their mind. Yeah, because I had a, um, I had because um, you know, in the shower, I have my good thinking time. Mm-hmm. So one day, I was definitely thinking about people in prison mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why. But I was, and I was like, um, to me, it's just it just sucks that once you do the time and you get out, you still are being like punished, yeah, in a way. You can't get a job, and it's like you can't get a place to live, and it's like I get the reason. The per- I feel like the purpose for or the purpose of prison has been um, very skewed, or like very like. It's it's not what it what it should be because I feel like to me I feel like if you're gonna incarcerate people or lock people up, like the goal should be rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. So like if Absolutely. somebody because I mean some people, just like some people are like schizophrenic or some people are like pyromaniacs or some people are like whatever like some people like literally like they can shoot somebody and not feel a thing. Mm-hmm. Those people need some type of like counseling and rehabilitation. So it's like. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna put these people lock them away forever, like at least give them some type of like therapy and counseling to see if you can help them get yeah. better. Yeah, because yeah. some yeah. some people have like mental illnesses or like some people just did a bad thing and made a wrong choice mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> and like some people like it takes them going to to jail for them to see like okay the path I was going down was really the wrong path and they change and turn their life around. But then they get out and it's like I can't even get a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go around my old neighborhood and people probably don't even want to talk to me anymore or, like... You know what I'm saying? So then it's like, well, what do I have? I should. I was better off back there. And then they commit another crime. And, and go, go back. back. Yeah. yeah. And so then it's like... And then people be like, oh, see? I told you he blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he got out, none of y'all were there to, like, give him a hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. here goes a job or whatever, yeah. whatever. So I feel like... the I feel like America as a whole has probably let down... Oh yeah, the I system, mean, and and they and they continue to do it because just like I said, you know, America profits off of it because the people that you have in there are doing all this work for free or little to no money. And then the people that we vote into office don't really do. Yeah, they because they yeah. they also so to bring it all are making together, money off of it. They're making money off of it because the same corporations that are using these prisoners to manufacture their goods are the same companies that are donating to these politicians' campaigns. 
Right. And so it's like they don't want to give up. They don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to do. Some people don't want to talk about prison reform because they don't want that system messed up. That's getting them the money for their yeah, campaign. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. But you know, again, if this is something that you want to see changed, you have to raise your voice with your vote. Lift every vote. Ooh, can we listen to that, Beyonce? Yes. Ah. <sighs> um. Okay, I needed some pyrotechnics. <sighs> um. Okay, so this is my last question, and then I guess we could just wrap it all up. Okay. Wrap it up like a magnum. Um, what are some of the problems that you have witnessed or like that you notice within each party? Like problems within the Democrat Party and problems within the Republican Party. Just a few. Like I know you probably can name a lot, but just like yeah, I think the biggest problem with both of them is they have become so consumed with um, their own agendas that they're not listening to the places where they can find common ground Mm. so our political system has become extremely polarized to the point where simple stuff like simple stuff that just makes common sense like I did think about that like gun reform That, that, that should not be a debate right Children, literally, children are being shot up in school, and we are sitting here fighting over it. Like, to me, that should not be something that we should be divided over. Right. Like, children should not go to school and die from gun violence. Because guns are so easily accessible. Because guns are so easily accessible. Um, So, yeah, like, I think one of the biggest issues that, that I see with both of the parties is that they um it's a tit for tat it's tit for tat and it's and it's become super polarized and if you say like something that is just like half a millimeter off from what the rest of your party is saying then it becomes you know uh hyper you know it's Uh blown up into something that it shouldn't that just shouldn't be an issue or that you didn't intend for it to Um, be yeah I also think um Specific to the Republican Party, um, they focus a lot on quote unquote family values. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really is just a code word for bigotry and homophobia and sexism and misogyny. Um, and, and yeah, so and like, yeah. you know, they say family values, but they use that to create laws um, that. Um, con- control women's bodies that um, discriminate against trans people that they discriminate against queer people queer people in general, in general. Um, that uh, keep people of color at a disadvantage etc and so forth um, I think the biggest part of issue with the Democratic Party um, right now is there is no one central voice Mm-hmm. So, that's what my friend Courtney was saying. She was like, "Everybody trying to, yeah. you know, pick me, pick me, pick me, Everyone's instead of like be the next being the like collective, or you know, yeah, you know, or the next bill, and not realizing that the biggest problem that we have is the fact that we're all saying the same thing, but we just want to be the one to but say we it. We want to be the one to say it, 
And that's why you have 25 people running for president right, right. now. And, of course, it's going to get dwindled down or whatever. And I think also that was kind of the issue with um, the 2016 presidential election is that there was this big divide between Bernie and Hillary when they're playing on the same team. Right. And they are essentially saying the same things. <laughs> yeah, because I heard um, when I was listening to my friend Courtney's podcast, mm-hmm. um, she was saying how... Um, a girl did she saw an interview with this girl that was a Bernie she was like a strong Bernie supporter mm-hmm. and then when it came down to like okay it's gonna be Hillary or Trump she voted for Trump because she didn't think Trump was gonna win because everybody was just so Hillary 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 and and so you, you voted for Trump out of like spite or out of as a joke and now here we are yeah um and yeah so and I and I also think you know to that point there's uh, too much focus on like the personality of the person versus like what What do they stand for what do they stand for what are they trying to do what are they trying to achieve for the country right Um, so I think you know from a voter's perspective um, it's it's really important that you don't get caught up in the personality of the person and really look at what what do they (coughs) stand for and do you believe that they stand for what they say they're standing for right because also, um, I heard, like, somebody say, um, like, with the Republicans, like, whoever, they, whoever they're going to support, they support it. Like, no matter what, they're going to support that person because it's like, okay, this is who we want to represent us. And, like, they send them out there. Whereas with the Democrats, it's like, we don't get behind one person and, like, push that one person to, like, be yeah. the voice of the, of the people. And I think... A lot of that is a millennial slash Generation Z thing, um, where you know we have our generation is really opinionated, mm-hmm. and we are really strong-willed, and so it's like, well, when I decide this is my opinion, I'm gonna block, I'm gonna cancel, I'm gonna you know unfriend anybody that disagrees with me, right? Um, and that really does us a disservice because we can't come together for any one thing so we are now like the future even though we're saying the same thing we're saying literally we're saying the same things we may have a different approach to it or we may use different words um and and there may be an actual disagreement but we are so like stubborn with our stance right that we don't realize okay there's a bigger picture here right and if we don't come together on this then we will end up with something far worse than what either of us are standing, trying to, or, trying, or trying to, do. to do. Yeah, and I think, to, and also to your point about the Republicans, <clears throat> like they pick that person and they run with it. That's what happened with Trump because at the beginning, none of them were, yeah, on, none of them were team. Yeah, they wanted him to, they wanted to get rid of him as quickly as possible. But then when they realized that he was getting traction, yeah, they just kind of jumped on the bandwagon and and right with it, and they still dealing with it. Right. Um, and even though some of them quietly, secretly can't stand him, that's who that's who's that's, representing, that's who's party representing our party, and that's that's what we got to do. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. I know. I said. I said that was my last question, but I did think about. Th- I thought about this at work today. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if this is just like a question, but like, I thought about like when when we have a president. Okay. So like, we had Barack. President Barack Obama. Yes. We had him, right? For president. For president. 
but then you have somebody like that Trump that comes along mm-hmm. and tries to like undo. So then it's like, okay, Trump does things or like there's some stuff that happens and like some things get undone. They probably could have been good, mm-hmm. but they get undone or stopped or blocked. Mm-hmm. Then you have the next president that comes in. If they don't feel the same way as Trump, then they try to like get those things reversed. And so then it's like a, a constant back and forth. And then it's like, so when do we ever get like... It's like a seesaw. Um, so when do we ever get like an actual like resolve for some things right yeah so that's also why presidents try to run for two terms because it takes so long to get things done because once so look at obamacare as this is a perfect example so uh, president obama got (laughs) the affordable health care act to be enacted into law um and he did it over the course of his two terms right and so by the time the next president came, the American people had been with this system for years. Right. And they had got accustomed to this system for years. Right. And so it makes it a lot more <clears throat> difficult to un- unravel that. Yeah. Because it is such a, like, healthcare is a central uh, part of right. our lives. So it's really, it's really uh, very difficult to, to undo it. Um, so the goal is, you know, for every for every president is to have those two terms in order to really set in stone what they are um, what they are trying to accomplish. Right. Um, but then remember, <coughs> it's not just the president. Right. The right? legislative so there's people. There's like checks and balances and things like that. Um, and so that's why the Supreme Court is so important because whenever a president does try to undo something. A lot of times it ends up going to the courts. And then the courts will make a decision saying, yes, you can't undo it. No, you can't undo it. And then normally whatever that is. It's what it is. It is what it is. Okay. And it's kind of set in stone. Oh, okay. It it kind of safeguards against that back and forth. Um, This president has taken a lot of liberties that other presidents have not. So Uh a lot of times, you know your party's going to come together and they're going to say, okay, so do we want to try to undo this or not? Right. And a lot of times they'll decide, well, it's just not worth the fight. It's just not worth the fight when we have other things Things that we're trying to accomplish. That we're trying to accomplish. So this is kind of like these last uh, 15, 20 years of politics has been really interesting with the seesaw kind of thing. Right. Um, And I think it's not going to get any better. It's not going to get any better anytime soon, unfortunately, uh, just because, like I was saying before, everyone is so in their silo of this is what I believe, period. Right. That there's... Period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no middle ground. And so, um, unfortunately, I, I don't see that back and forth. So basically, guys, yeah. AJ's telling us that we're in a shithole and we can't get out of it. For now. But if you vote for a new president and keep that president in office for eight years, vote accordingly, um, then we may be able to set some some better things in motion. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Well, thank you, thank you for joining me today in Trevor's absence. It was a pleasure. 
This yeah. is fun. Yeah, we didn't have any listener letters, so nobody ever sends us anything. Y'all send my man some letters. I be wanting to like answer people's questions and like give my advice because you know I'm, I love giving advice. Yes, you do. I'm a problem solver. That's what I do, baby. I'm a soul winner, baby. I'm a soul winner, baby. Soul winner for Christ. Uh, so yeah. yeah, but um, so I don't know. Do you want the people to follow you on social media? Yeah, sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. Hey, it's AJ three one nine, and you can also find me on Facebook AJ Reynolds. And those are really the only two that I fuck with. That's true. I don't really be on that Twitter like that. I don't even know what Snapchat is. Do you have any uh, any things you want to shout out for the people to like look up, listen to, shout be out. encouraged by? Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Shout out to He Is Valuable. It's a nonprofit that me and some friends manage. Um, we're, we are an organization that identifies, reinforces, and celebrates the value of black queer men oh. here in Atlanta. Um, so we do a lot of... Uh, Events, parties, safe spaces. Every Tuesday we have an event called Chit Chat and Chew where people can come and talk and share their feelings and thoughts about different things. Um, We are hosting a Millennial Summit at the I Elevate Conference, which is going to be here in Atlanta, June 18th to the 23rd. You can find out more information on Instagram at He Is Valuable. He is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And you guys can follow me at underscore Dommy Boy underscore. So that's underscore D-O-M-I-B-O-I underscore. Um, and that's on like all social media is kind of. Yeah. Not Snapchat, but like Instagram, Twitter. Um, oh, that's all I that's really do. Really, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah. You, don't, you don't do Facebook. I don't. And it's so sad though because I really said, I tried to tell myself like, check Facebook more because Facebook really updates me like on people's lives for real for real because it's like yeah. the face my Facebook people are the people that like you know I know know for real and right. so it's like their birthdays or like if they're getting mm-hmm. married and stuff like that so I really should check Facebook more um yeah, I, I think I do it's Facebook just, a lot more than I do I think Instagram. it's because Facebook is kind of boring to me but it's not though it's so interactive <laughs> I guess because I have seen um, some Facebook debates where I'm like, ooh, because I like read the thread and I'm like, dang, I should have been here for this. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, so, I think Facebook is a little bit more like real time. Which pisses me off when that Facebook doesn't piss me off, but like Instagram and Twitter piss me off because they don't put stuff in chronological order sometimes. Like, nah. I don't want to see somebody's post from nine hours ago. Like, or from I don't want to respond to that because it's, it's old now. I, I want to see what they what they said five minutes ago. I done seen people's birthday uh, posts on Instagram, and their birthday was three days ago. I'm right. Like, I'm like, what? what is this? Happy belated, sis. Okay. Didn't you know it was your birthday, girl? <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> but um, also, if you guys want to send us any listener letters, um, if you want to give us some ideas, if you want to ask us some questions, uh, comments, concerns, you can reach out to us at... Um, the peach tea podcast at gmail.com um so yeah you can talk to us also if you're listening to us on apple podcast please um like subscribe rate us um give us comments share it with your friends and all that jazz um because we know y'all out there listening so yes that's all i got 
So we out, I guess. We out. All right. Y'all still don't have a... Um... We don't have an outro. We don't have no music. Uh, Rufaro, Ferrari, Stace Dillon, calling you out. Where my, where my soundtrack at? Well. Where my beats at? You, you said you was making us some music. Producer. So now we just got to go out like this. Okay. She going to send me a nasty text message or a Snapchat. <laughs> I promise you. But anyways, until next time, guys. Peace out. Thanks for listening. I really put up two fingers. You did. <laughs>